to cut the long story short, a very long story, the, um, the woman, the kind of immigration official at the British consulate in Vienna, um, as she was literally stamping our entrance documents, said, England is paradise for children. So I don't know why she said it, but it stuck in my head. So in a sense, this title in paradise refers back to that point in 1979, which is the year that Stalker was made, which is the year that I came to this country. Yeah, so we're in the lobby of Pushkin House and I mean the, th the first thing you see as you walk in is this very large banner-like drawing. Um, it's almost like a kind of banner for the exhibition and in a sense it encapsulates a lot of things. It's a drawing um, on a print. The print is, it's, it has a long history. It's actually a scan <laughs> of a black and white slide film that I shot, double exposed, putting the film through lots of the camera lots of times and it's of shops in Bond Street and these kind of glittering things um, which is almost like my desire for uh, beautiful objects this kind of lust longing um, for things as a Soviet child and I, I suppose it fits a little bit with the theme of the show of this idea of, of promise what a promise this room in Tarkovsky's stalker is where any gr wish is granted and over it is a drawing of Chiburashka which is a character in Soviet cartoons from the 1970s it's actually been remade now um, in Japan but it's this it's this strange character because he it or she I don't know is a is a hybrid um, it's a strange character and in fact the beginning of the cartoon um, he arrives in um, a crate of oranges, which is a very Western exotic thing, and they don't know what to do with him, so he's a kind of migrant. Um, and they put him in a zoo, not realizing, not realizing he's a kind of human, until he finds lots of friends in the city, which is Moscow, and begins his own life. But in a way, it's really interesting because he is this sort of character that they don't know what to do with. And I think the exhibition is about journeys and also um, the idea of wanting something you can't have and me arriving in 1979 into the UK. Um, and maybe I'll say something about the title of the exhibition now, In Paradise, is actually something that was told to me in Vienna. My mother and I came to Vienna, which was the sorting out post for Jews, essentially, um, going to America or um, Israel. And my father, who's a writer, Zinovi Zinnik, met us in the middle of the two escalator, one to America, the other one to Israel. And we went and stayed in Vienna for a week, went to the British Embassy and were granted um, an entrance visa, which is quite unusual. The woman, the kind of immigration official at the British consulate in Vienna, um, as she was literally stamping our entrance documents, said, England is paradise for children. So I don't know why she said it, but it stuck in my wow. head. So in a sense, this title in paradise refers back to that point in 1979, which is the year that Stalker was made, which is the year that I came to this country. 
and the zone, this promise of something, is in a sense a kind of paradise within the film which doesn't really exist. So there are lots of links there. So we're now in the library room of Pushkin House, Marguerite, and what do we have in this room? Well, we only have actually one drawing here in the library. Um, I mean, it, it, it's been quite interesting having this, working with the whole house and thinking how it might work. Um, and I just wanted to have one work in the library, not to treat it like lots of walls, but really thinking of this central image. Um, and the image I have here is... Um, it's actually a kind of combination, a layering of different images. Um, the girl, the main girl, the main face, is the daughter of Stalker, who's a kind of peripheral figure in the film, but actually a very sort of important um, triggering figure in the film. She's this child who's perhaps, the suggestion is she's maybe telepathic, um, there's something wrong with her because of Stalker, because of the zone, but you never really find out. But she's almost a kind of cipher for the film. And I wanted to use her as a kind of cipher. There are lots of children in my drawings on the stairs and outside the central room. Um, because uh, one of the themes within the film of um, uh, Stalker is that the zone is a kind of empty place. It doesn't really have animals, though the dog appears, and it certainly doesn't have children or people. It's this space that's depopulated. So I wanted to populate the stairs with these almost like animals and children mm. and flowers and images um, from, I suppose, from various sources. So um, there's Stalker's daughter and also a character from a 1949, I believe, Soviet cartoon called Tsvetik Simitsvetik, which is this flower that grants wishes. And in a way, it's a very Stalinist cartoon. I mean, it, the, the central girl in it um, gets this flower and she wishes, she makes lots of wishes and they're usually for material objects, you know, like toys and sweets. And it doesn't give her any fulfillment until the last petal is left and she meets a boy on a crutch and then she gives him um, the possibility to walk again. And uh, Martyshka, this, this girl in Stalker, is also a girl that walks on a crutch. So there's lots of references in this. And in a way, I probably could spend hours going through every single reference within my drawings, but it's about really creating a kind of mesh of, of things um, to produce an effect. So in a way, the drawings are made in quite an intuitive way as well, in that I layer references and I create something that um, works in an, in an autonomous way without necessarily having to know every single reference. But I call this semi-girl, semi from semi tsvetik, but I like the idea of this being a semi-girl. So maybe it's an animal, a girl, a child, and I think it's a nice place for it in the library because it's almost like a kind of starting work as well as Chiburashka. And I suppose you will see the, this kind of theme of the child and the forest and the animal um, as we go up the stairs. In a way, the stairs are the precursor to the room, the zone, and it's filled with these references, both 
from my childhood and from, I suppose, Soviet kind of children's um, cartoon films, those kind of references. So in a sense, it's a starting to what then happens on the stairs. The works on the stairs, um, I suppose, are the most autobiographical in a sense, and kind of most direct, um, I guess, juxtapositions of references. So, because the first drawing that you see going up the stairs is the dog from Stalker, right over the face of my daughter when she was, I think, four. And um, I call it uh, dog daughter um, <laughs> because I always make these combinations. I mean, I actually title my works very directly um, and I usually title them just before an exhibition. Um, I don't think of titles as something that drives the work. They're usually quite descriptive. So, um, for example, the ones in here are just called spherical or cylindrical, you know, that, that they just describe the movement. But the more um, autobiographical ones on the stairs, um, I suppose, are a way of bringing directly me and my face and my body into the work in a different way, as an image, rather than actually being involved in producing the film drawings. And so the second one is a photograph that, well, a photograph, it is from, based on a photograph that my grandfather took of me around sort of 1976-8, I think, and I'm on a telephone, and I like this idea of the telephone being this kind of very analog, well, it's a, analog. It's a. It's a. It's, it's a, a call. With a call. Yeah. yeah. That's what we should say. Um, way of communicating. It's as though you're making a call to the West or a call mm. to someone. And in fact, the other image um, that's overlaid on top of me is a set. Um, it's the set photograph of um, Tarkovsky's Stalker. So actually, it's being filmed, and the costume designer is on there. So the, again, these things creep in. Um, so both the film taking place and something taking place in my life um, and these combinations produce, I suppose, drawings that become quite complicated to read, um, but they, I think I want them to exist autonomously. So again, even though I use lots of references, I think the main thing is I want the work to function in its own way rather than, you know, like a kind of puzzle that you have to unravel or guess. It, it's very much also experiencing the impact of the world, of the work on a visual level. We wanted kind of specifically for this room to be um, a separate space from the rest of the works. And in a way, um, it refers to the idea of the room, the zone, being something that exists in a different kind of, um, I, I, I guess, visual, visual territory. Um, what we have here is my series of what I call film experiments. And, I mean, in a way, it was very difficult to um, 
see how I can work with Stalker. I had these two very defined things. In 1979, I came to London. 79 was when Stalker was made. The two, I suppose, events, somehow I thought about a great deal. I mean, the other thing is that my father, Zinovi Zinnik, writer, <laughs> really dislikes Stalker. I mean, he dislikes Tarkovsky, and I was very interested in the fact that why he dislikes Tarkovsky, though I probably shouldn't say this on, on record, but I wanted to go back to this, this, um, this artist who I think is somehow really significant in this idea of territories and entering in territory and entering the space of memory. So I wanted to work directly with the film itself. And I mean, in a way, you can't draw a film. How do you engage with it? How do you then depict and connect to yourself through a film? Um, and what somehow started happening is I wanted to engage with the film directly through drawing. So what I did with these works is I mainly at night projected the film onto huge pieces of paper directly on the wall and drew as the film played out. So the marks were made live. In a sense, they are live drawings, they're time drawings. They relate directly to the film itself um, so that I'm drawing the film as it unfolds. And I chose specific sections. So the sections are only when the three main characters enter the zone. Um, the film unfolds as... Um, they make a journey through this zone, which is actually, it, it, it was filmed in Estonia in a kind of abandoned factory area, but there's lots of overgrowth and lots of um, forest, which to me is very kind of Russian as well. I, I, I remember forests as a child. And in a way, they're, they're landscapes. Um, I, I concentrated on that specific time when they are in the zone. And sometimes the projector points centrally onto the paper, sometimes it doesn't. But again, like with my figurative works, what then emerges is an autonomous space of the drawing itself. You've used here something new that we haven't seen in Pushkin Houses, metal bars to hang the works. Well, um, it was a quite a challenge to install the works in Pushkin House, which is a grade two listed buildings and the walls, and, and it has a kind of multifunctional purpose, the house itself, you know, with concerts and events and literary readings and the space being used for filming. And I wanted um, to engage with the house in such a way where something, in a way, almost kind of like landed from outer space with references to some of the things I was doing. So, you know, for example, in the film itself, um, there's lots of industrial kind of materials in the location setting. They, they are going through these railway tracks and abandoned factories. So I, I was, it's a very sort of industrial thing, which I remember from childhood as well. Behind the house where we lived in Moscow was some abandoned factory buildings and they were very overgrown. So this sort of idea of something being overgrown and yet uh, a moment from past industry um, is where I suppose the idea for this raw metal came from. But the bars which I made myself in the Royal Academy workshops where I teach, um, with the help of the great technician Richard Elliott there, I 
um, seemed very appropriate and the drawings hang from them with magnets. So there's very little intervention and yet this, at the same time they have a very, um, I suppose, intense presence which does have a reference to the film itself and to some of the things I wanted to invoke through them. I see some natural intervention here. I don't know if this was the desired effect, but there's some beautiful natural light coming through, through one uh, of the windows uh, in the main room. Uh, is this something you were hoping to achieve? Um, yeah, because I did have a plan of hanging over the window. I mean, it, it, you never know with installing work exactly how it will look like. You know, you can make architectural models or um, use digital kind of sketch up, but actually it's when you put the work in situ that you really get the effect and that's when you get these beautiful surprises and actually the way we hung the drawing um, is half on the wall, half with the light coming mm. through it so you have this variation of colour almost. The, the works are completely black and white which is actually I suppose in contradiction to the zone which in Tarkovsky's film is the only thing that's shot on colour film the outside is black and white, whereas everything is black and white for me. But I think this, this, this light coming through the window is really important somehow. And I wanted to work with the architecture of the house while at the same time um, sort of working against it. So the bars and the way the drawings are hung asymmetrically um, both take into account, I suppose, the, arrange the architectural arrangement of the room, while at the same time kind of ignoring it. So it's as though the drawings have landed onto the walls rather than being designed for the walls. Yeah, yeah. And it's been great work working with Dominic on this exhibition, um, the curator. Um, and in a way, it's actually the first time I've worked on a solo show with a curator. But what was brilliant is that he would come to my studio throughout the months um, of summer and, and, and spring. And for the last six months, pretty much, we've been in kind of direct communication of the work. So he was very much aware of what I wanted, but we talked through ideas and through how they would unravel and very much how the path of the exhibition would work, how the experience of seeing the work would unfold. Um, so that was very important, to actually be in dialogue with somebody. Interestingly, um, also, kind of bilingual almost in a way, he's Polish, and um, having this relationship to the Soviet past was important to me, that I was speaking to someone who understood in a way where this thing originated. Um, and I think it's interesting that Tarkovsky himself used um, a, a location near Tallinn. Um, so in a sense it's already not Russia <laughs> where the film is, is, is filmed. It, it's a kind of fictional place in itself. And I think this idea, which is something I'd like to talk about a little bit, this idea of fiction is important actually because um, coming to a place, this idea of desire for either a land of promise of, or economic kind of paradise, I don't know, paradise for children. I mean, it is all a kind of fiction. And in a sense, language is a construct. So this idea of, of using fiction, but to create a sense of reality, I think it is something that's core to the way that I make work. 
I thought, okay, this is this is gonna be, this is going to be a great exhibition, and I, and and I just I just met the artist, and she's just this lovely British artist from the Royal Academy, and started <laughs> inviting some friends, and then all of a sudden, you know, I, I started realizing, wait, hold on, where is Margarita actually? be from what you know this question of identity I was fascinated by it so why don't you share with us your story well I came um, to London when I was nearly 11 so I th you know from Moscow um, my father had emigrated to Israel um, he is a writer and he came to London um, to work for the Russian service of the BBC. So I then left with my mother a couple of years later as though we were going to Israel. And then, um, but actually he met me, he met us in Vienna. So mm -hmm. I, and I then moved straight to London. So I came to London at that time when there were hardly any Russians in London. But I kept the um, language completely. So I'm completely bilingual. And in a way, my original language seems like it's Russian. And in fact, I speak Russian to my seven-year-old daughter, who's now also bilingual. So I think the idea of a duality of languages is really important sort of to my identity. I actually feel a Londoner rather than being <laughs> British. I feel very much like I am from London, um, which is where I've lived pretty much all my life with a, you know, the occasional six-month breaks, but very much a Londoner. And um, and I think that duality of identities is very important. I'm not Russian. I I'm, haven't really lived in Russia as an adult at all. But yet I think the language is really significant and a kind of past. And particularly now that there are so many Russians in London, I think that idea of separation in, in a strange way has ceased to exist as um, much because you know, I left under the Soviet era. When, when you left, you really did leave, yeah. and there were no possibilities to kind of re-engage in a way. Whereas now, because people are coming backwards and forwards, there's so many Russians in London, it, it, it feels very different. But the duality of language is important, because I think the idea of translation um, is something that's really key to my work. I translate between mediums, between various visual languages, and. So translation is really central to my work.